Good morning. So, did you enjoy those baptisms? Yeah. It's awesome to see <clears throat> the work of God in people's hearts and lives. And uh, those are always some of our favorite services and moments in church when we see people taking those next steps on their journey with Jesus. It's pretty fun. Um, I'm sucking on a candy this morning, so hopefully that doesn't uh, interfere too much because my throat's still recovering from a, a cold or whatever. But next Sunday, we talked about is our Simply Christmas event. And um, I hope that you are planning to be here for it. This is not just Brian's event or some of our leaders' event. This is our UDAC event. This is for us. This is part of what we do here at UDAC. It's a free event for us and our community, very similar to our annual whoop-up barbecue that we do each year out in the parking lot um, in the middle of summer. And, um, but this Simply Christmas event is Simply Christmas. And uh, we're hosting it here, uh, both inside and outside. We have a couple horse-drawn wagons that we're bringing in to take people on hay rides that are going to go up and down the, the boulevard out here. We've got three bonfires that are going to be set up out in the middle of the parking lot <clears throat> for everyone to roast hot dogs and s'mores. Um, so you're cooking your own supper next Sunday. We've got inside. There's going to be some stuff, so it's not all outside, so there's lots of inside stuff. There's going to be kids' activities inside. There's going to be hot chocolate and hot hot apple cider. Um, there's going to be some music and some kind of a little bit of a program running throughout the evening as well in here. We're going to clean all these chairs out next Sunday after the service, putting tables in here, and it's going to be a wonderful event um, to share with our community next Sunday. Um, and it's a come and go event from four till seven. And so I do hope and pray that you are planning to be here for it, because um, this is our event for our community. Right following Simply Christmas, starting on that Monday after, <clears throat> we host a week of free pancake breakfasts for our university students, right in our lobby. And each morning, students can come and hang out and have free pancakes all week. And uh, we do this twice a year at the end of each semester. And again, it's an opportunity to connect with our university community, to love on them in some real simple ways, uh, to give them a, a free breakfast as they head into their exam week uh, that's coming up shortly. And um, it's a very simple way to share with them and love on them. Something else we do here at UDAC, I don't know if you're aware of it, it's called Food for Learning. It's a program we started years ago. We sat down with Nicholas Sharon principal and we said what and how can we come alongside you and serve you and and find out how you, there are needs and they said well one of the things that kept coming up was this food thing that the kids are coming to school a number of them without lunch and some of them don't even come having f had breakfast and so we said okay hey, we, that's easy we can do that we can help love on this school and on your kids by providing <clears throat> some lunch some snacks 
And so we started doing it with Nicholas Sharon, and now we're doing it with five schools here in the West Lethbridge. Three of the elementary schools and two of the, and two of the middle schools. And um, we provide these snacks and lunches each month for the schools to help um, provide a way to feed these kids that are coming to school without the necessary nourishment. And uh, again, a very simple way to love on our community and to share Jesus with them in a very practical way. Every year we give out well over 200 parking passes uh, for students to park here during the week, uh, university students to park here during the week so they can go to university. And um, the first week of the semester, we host a big barbecue and we give out these passes for these students. And it's free. And um, Justine read a, a letter a couple weeks ago about a Christian student that has had opportunity to share with these students of why we do it. And we have great opportunity, even during that event, uh, to let those students know why we do this for free. Some people go, well, you should just pay. Like, you could make a little bit of money on the side. Like, it would help you, whatever. And we go, no. This is our way of saying we love you. Jesus loves you. You get a taste of what God is all about through this uh, free gift of parking out here. And we've been doing this for years and years. What a great thing to do here as a church. To be known as a church that's generous and loving on our community. Um, it's good. But that question comes back, why? Why do we do this? Why do we spend the energy and the money on these free things that we do? Whether it's the free whoop-up barbecue or the, the free Simply Christmas event that we're doing next Sunday. The free pancake breakfasts. The free snacks and lunches that we do for the schools. The free parking pass. Why? How come? Well, the simple fact is Jesus said in Scripture when he was challenged about what's the greatest commandment in John or in Matthew 22. Some religious leaders were trying to trick him up, and they said, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus responded back saying, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. Love God and love others. So why do we do these things in our community? It's to love our neighbor. To love on them and help point them to Jesus. That's why we do it. Jesus taught us who our neighbor was. He said, really, it's anybody we rub shoulders with. It's anybody that we lock eyes with. Those are our neighbors. We do all these community events and ministries to love on our community, to give our community a taste of God's unconditional love for them, to point them to Jesus. Over the last couple years, we've raised the bar, if you will, on the conversational piece at these events. We've been saying, you know what, it's great to do these free events and love in this free way, but you know, we could do a little bit more and we could actually make sure that our people are here and present to talk and to share personally through conversation with people. 
And so we've been asking you through these events, come and be a part of this, not just for yourself, but to rub shoulders with our community, to let them know that they are loved by us and ultimately by God. And so I'm going to stop for a moment and just say next Sunday is our Christmas Simply event where we are inviting our community to come and taste and see the love of Jesus. Are you going to be here? And this isn't a guilt trip because I know there's some of us have events and things. In fact, after the service, the second service this morning, I'm jetting out of here because my family is doing a big Christmas event up in Calgary. So I have to leave. And so there are reasons why we may not be here next Sunday. But if you don't have plans yet or you're not sure or maybe you can reschedule something, plan to be here. Because if it's not you rubbing shoulders with our community and sharing Jesus in a conversation, then who? Then who? So, there are connect cards in the chairs in front of you. And if you haven't signed up to be a part of this event in some capacity, would you do me a favor and take a card out and put on there, I'm coming and I would like to serve in some capacity. Um, we need people to help with our food stuff. I think we're still short on a few hands there. The setup, there's going to be not tons of setup, but lots of hands make light work. So we're going to be bringing in bales and we're setting up some stuff outside. And after the second service next week, we're going to clear all the chairs out of here. So we'll invite some people after the service to help clear up. Um, we're asking people if you have the heart of prayer uh, to be a part of our prayer team. And we're going to have a room set aside that there's going to be people praying throughout the whole night. And so if you would love to be on that prayer team, write that down. I'll be on the prayer team. And put a way to connect with me so I can tell you how that works. Clean up. There's always lots to clean up after an event like that. Um, but then most importantly, it's being present and rubbing shoulders with our community. And so would you do that? Would you fill out a card? Would you drop it? There's little baskets on the table as you exit this morning. Um, or there's the, the little invite uh, cards back there that you can be inviting your friends and those that are your neighbors to uh, as well back there. But this would be a great opportunity. Again, uh, this is our thing, UDAC's thing. So we encourage you to do that and be a part of this event with us. Let me chat about something a little bit different as well. That's along this similar vein in our community stuff. And I'm going to give you some background first. Back in 2012, 2013, our leadership here at University Drive began praying and dreaming about some next steps at that time. And um, how can we penetrate even deeper into our community with larger faith steps? Collectively, God began to put some things into our hearts. Uh, God gave a number of our leaders and spouses independently, and yet at the same time, a word from him. Initially, we weren't sure how to proceed, but then an elder gave an idea similar to one that he'd implemented in, uh, in his business a, a number of years before. And the elders came up with a vision where our church, UDAC, would provide a chaplain with two focuses, a community focus and a business, corporate chaplaincy business approach as well. They wanted to invite owners into a partnership to make their business even more about mission as well as profit and product. 
by walking with employees and their immediate families to provide counseling and assistance when requested. And so a couple elders came along with Pastor Scott, and they sat down, and they said, Brian, we think this is an area we think you may be gifted at. Would you prayerfully consider this? So Katrina and I sat back, and we prayed about it, and we said, yeah, I think this is a good fit. I think this is what God is calling you to. And so I took it on in 2013, in the summer, fall of 2013, I took on this corporate and community chaplaincy role. And the community part was basically what we've been chatting about at the front end of the service here already, all of the community things that we do. Um, the corporate stuff, um, we began with three companies. And we began to build a relationship with these companies and their staff and as, an, as a chaplain to their employees and their families. And we've grown... The, to seven companies, uh, added the seventh one this fall, as well as um, I'm a chaplain for the RCMP and um, that we just started here. And again, this is not just about Brian. This is about us. It's an extension of our church in our community. This is who we are. This is what we do. And um, so it's not just about me. In fact, I'm not the only chaplain in the church because Pastor Aaron, and you want to come up here, Aaron, um, <clears throat> he started uh, as well, I don't know, a year ago, year and a half, whatever it was, with the LPS, the Lethbridge Police Services. And um, I was actually at a retirement party for an RCMP member a week and a half ago or so, and I was sat down, and this gentleman sat down beside me, and he saw that I was wearing a, a chaplain's um, shirt, the RCMP chaplain shirt, and he says, oh, you're a chaplain. I, that's cool. Do you know Chaplain Aaron? And I said, well, yeah, actually, I do know Chaplain Aaron. He's uh, a colleague of mine. We work together really closely. And, and so we chat, and he began to tell me, his, his name was Rob, and he goes, yeah, this guy is awesome. And he was so excited about what the things that are going on um, at LPS. And then I, so he had to leave, and I quickly fired a text to Aaron. I said, Aaron, hey, I got this guy, Rob. He sat down beside me. He's telling me all the pumping your tires and how you, how you feel, you know. And he asked me to describe who he was, and it ends up being, this was the police chief that was sitting beside me. And it was so cool just to hear his perspective of what's going on in the ministry that our church is providing uh, and being a part of at the LPS. And so Aaron's going to share a story. Well, I just want to give a little bit of the background of how God shaped my heart, um, because I think it's a reflection of the things that God is doing here, and it's just, I think it's a great opportunity just to speak into that a little bit. A, a number of years ago, there was some holy discontent in my heart, and I realized that much of my life, I was living in a bubble. I was a pastor of a church. In fact, at that time, I was the lead pastor of a church, and I was just like, there's got to be some more to being a Christ follower than what I'm experiencing. And I realized that so much of my life I'd built inside this bubble and, and that Jesus was inviting me to something deeper and something more. And so I was reading through the scriptures at that time and came across John chapter 1, verse 14, which is the passage of the incarnation. And it says there, the word became flesh. The word's a metaphor for Jesus. The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. In one translation, it says, uh, and he moved into the neighborhood. Like Jesus came to this earth. He stepped out of the comfortable places of his life, which is heaven, and he stepped down into the brokenness and messiness of our world. And he moves right into the heart of it, the center of the neighborhood. And that really struck me. That, that he didn't just wait for people to come to him. That he stepped out into the world. And he lived in a way that would build his kingdom and influence others. 
And then I'm reading through the Gospels, and I read through the, the passage in John chapter 4 where Jesus talks to the Samaritan woman at the well. Like, this was countercultural. The religious leaders at the time, just, it kind of blew their mind. Jesus, again, steps out of the bubble and steps into a spot to build his kingdom. And then again in Mar Matthew chapter 9, verse 20, which Rena referenced in her baptism video, where the woman reaches out and touches the hem of the robe of Jesus. And he's in, a, he's in a rush to get through this town. It's like there's throngs of people, and he stops, and he, he gets out of, his, out of that comfort bubble, and he gets down, and he engages with this woman. And, and then in Mark chapter 2, where it's, uh, Jesus calls Levi to be one of his followers, and it says next that Jesus goes to Levi's home. He goes out of the comfort bubble, and he eats dinner with uh, tax collectors and sinners. It actually uses the word sinners in the NIV or the NLT or ESV, whatever translation you're using. And I'm, I was thinking about it, and I was like, who in my life am I rubbing shoulders with to build God's kingdom? And I realized that my comfortable bubble was keeping me in spaces and places and not allowing me to step into our community. And then as I was preaching from the front of our church, um, that church, and for sure this church, I see people who are practitioners who are getting this way more than I was and people who are working together and being incarnational, living in the flesh, living in the neighborhood of their communities and just doing amazing things. And, and it, it reached me, it gripped me. And so I started to watch for these opportunities. And um, the story here in Lethbridge was that about 20 months ago, I received an email from a police, actually a text message from a police officer. And I thought I actually was in trouble for my driving. And, and he says, I need to show you something. And I was like, oh, it's one of those red light camera videos or whatever. And he sends me this job description for a police chaplain opportunity at the Lethbridge Police Service. And so to make a long story short, after interviews and polygraph exams that I thought I failed but actually passed again because of my driving, uh, uh, on September the 12th, uh, 2017, I was sworn in as the volunteer chaplain with the Lethbridge Police Service. And friends, the journey's been unbelievable. Every single time I go, I pray and ask God to open doors, like we do in the community, and it's unreal at how faithful he is and how wide those doors open. And I want to share a couple quick stories with you just to give you an example of how, again, like Brian said, it's not just me, and that's what these stories are about. It's, it's us working together, living incarnationally in, a, in our communities and building God's kingdom and seeing impact and influence in Jesus' name. So a number of months ago, I was going up to my office, which is on the second floor of the police station, and I was just going to drop my coat off. And as I went through, one of the guys that I'd been trying to reach uh, calls out to me. And we weren't very close at this point, and I'd been wanting to get to know this guy. Um, but um, he calls out to me, and he says, hey, Padre. He calls me a bunch of different things. On this day, it was Padre. He says, hey, Padre, I was hanging out with some of your degenerates this weekend. And I start laughing, and I was like, what does that mean? Well, this guy had gone camping with a couple of families from our church. And in that time that he had gone camping, it left such an impression on his heart about what it means to follow Jesus, about the kind of people that, that we have the privilege of worshiping with, of, of, of the kinds of fun that they had that weekend on how normal they were. And friends, it opened a door. It was unbelievable. And here I'd been trying to reach this guy for a few months through different things like marching on Remembrance Day or or going to events, or whatever the case might be, and it was some families from this very church, and if I told you who they were, the degenerate comment would make a lot of sense, but um, the families from this church who blessed this man, and, and who reached out to him and his family, and loved them, and now I have this great relationship with this guy, and it's moved past like, hey Padre, or 
you know, hey, degenerate, whatever I call them on that day. No, I don't call them that. But um, to a little bit of new sports and weather, to in recent days where we're having these engaged, awesome conversations. And God is moving in this guy's life. And I really give credit to the work of others who Jesus used incarnationally in the flesh, in the neighborhood, or out at Bovey Lake to reach this guy. And it was awesome. Other story was uh, about a month ago, um, just over a month ago, uh, I was invited to participate in this regimental dinner, um, which is a really formal dinner in military circles. Uh, there's some fun that takes place at it, but it's quite a formal dinner. And for whatever reason, that day, and I can show you a picture afterwards, that day, um, I was sat at the head table next to the chief and next to the vice president of the Lethbridge Police Association. And we're sitting down, and, and you're sitting very formally. It's, we're all in our official tunics and whatever garb, and you're eating your meal slowly because if you eat too fast, there's a penalty for that, and you have to do stuff. And I didn't want to sing I'm a Little Teapot that night, so I was eating very formally. And um, the guy next to me says, uh, uh, Aaron, uh, what is the church that you uh, pastor at again? I said, oh, it's University Drive Alliance. It's on the corner across from the university of, of University Drive and Columbia Boulevard. He's like, no way. He says, that's a great church. He's like, you guys have stuff going on all the time. And I love the way that you serve the community. And there's always food there, right? And I was like, yeah, if you didn't notice, there's always food there. And, and then he says, uh, you know what? Sometimes my daughters have come to your youth group. And I found out that God was already ahead of me on the story of connecting with this guy. That There's a family in our church and their daughter is friends with his twin girls, and they have come to our youth group. Steph's engaged with them in amazing ways. They've, their family have come to our Whoop Up Days events, and they've been engaging with us way before I had the chance to engage with him. And so I'm just so pleased and so privileged to, yes, have the title of chaplain for the Lethbridge Police Service. And it's been amazing. I have so many stories of how God's on the move, even in the heart of our chief. And I would encourage you to be praying for our for our police service. God's doing amazing things. There, there's barriers to get through. There's walls to take down, but God is moving. Um, but I don't take the credit for that. I say that God is working in us to reach a part of our population that is having an amazing, or that, that does amazing work in our city, but friends, they're broken and they're hurting. The stuff they see and the stuff they experience, it damages them on the inside. And it's the job of myself or Brian uh, as the RCMP chaplain, and, and just us in the community to come alongside these men and women who put everything on the line so that we're safe. Uh, when, we, when we run away from danger, they run to it. And we can come alongside and love them, and God has impact then. It's not about me. It's about us working together. And the same with these events. It's about us living incarnationally together and God doing great things. So I'm going to take the opportunity to share one more story, if, if that's okay. Because... We've had something else take place that's cool that just took place on Friday. Um, and I'll give the background for it super fast, way faster than I did the first time. Uh, in the spring, we were like, you know, we, were, we brought Steph on as staff and about that uh, as, as our admin assistant and as our, well, she was already our youth director. But uh, the elders were looking at what are different ways that we can, um, or we were looking at the finances, I suppose. And, and, and one of the things that we noticed is that in previous years, we had taken a grant from the government for this uh, summer student jobs program or whatever that was called. Uh, but we didn't want to sign that attestation this year. And so we were thinking through about how we could work with the finances to bring on a summer student and do what we do and all this. And one of our elders at the time said, well, there's this program through 5th on 5th. Why don't you check that out? So I made the phone call. And to make a long story short, one of their reps came over to our office and we found out that we could receive grant money from the government without signing anything. Like, that was the first question. 
Where's the attestation? There's no attestation. You are bringing somebody into employment in their field of training, which is what we did with Steph. She has an HR degree, and we brought her, technically we brought her into a business role uh, as being our admin assistant. And, and to do that, we want to help equip businesses or organizations to facilitate that. And so they gave us, or they're giving us uh, $10,000 this year um, to uh, bring Steph on and to help us out in different ways. And so um, I knew Scott was coming back from holidays, and we hadn't seen a check for a little while. So this last week, I wrote her a note, and I just said, hey, just wondering when's our next check coming? And um, she wrote back, and they're processing it, you know, kind of as we speak. But then she said this, which totally blew us away. And so um, she said, yes, the money's coming, and you have this much left in your reimbursement. Um, there's like $1,383 left after this check in our reimbursement. But hear these words, friends. This is an amazing blessing from God. But in the holiday spirit, we're allocating UDAC an additional $3,000 of funding. What in the world do you get extra money from the government and not have to give it back? And she said, you're one of four organizations receiving additional funding. We think your church does amazing work in the community of Lethbridge, and we want to reward you for that. And we're just like, praise God. We step out in the community in Jesus' name. We go and love our neighbor in Jesus' name. And this time there's a tangible blessing. This time there's something that we can actually hold on to and put in the bank quick before it gets taken away. But friends, lots of times the blessing that comes isn't that tangible blessing. It's an eternal blessing. And the work that we do with Food for Learning or Simply Christmas or Whoop Up Day's Barbecue or Pancake Breakfast or the work that we do when we share Jesus with our neighbors and, and we offer to pray for them or love them or whatever the case might be, we might not know the, the, the tangible result in this lifetime, but we will experience the eternal result when we, someday we get to heaven. And so the value of what we do, you know, so we get asked the question a lot, why do you do it for free? Well, there are reasons for that because we're called to that. We're called to be radically generous. We're called to love our neighbors. We're called to live incarnationally in the flesh, in the neighborhood. But the dividends that it pays are rich. And sometimes we might never know the results, but friends, hear me when we say it is always worth it. Because as we say to our baptismal candidates, we say to us corporately, when we speak a word forward in Jesus' name, when we act forward in Jesus' name, the Holy Spirit always works. And there's a blessing to come. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? And the work that God is doing in us as a church, and it comes out in lots of different ways. And <clears throat> Yeah, the $3,000 is awesome. But like Aaron said, it's the intangible part of that message that is super awesome. That God is doing stuff in us that is trickling out into the community that says, hey, there's stuff going on here. There's something happening here. And that's what we want to celebrate. We want to continue to raise that banner high uh, as we do stuff here. And I'm going to close off with a, with a story myself about the chaplaincy stuff I'm involved in. And um, each week I visit on the corporate side the businesses that I'm connected with. And I rub shoulders with people. Uh, every week, and uh, sometimes it's just sports weather news, it's how you do and how everything's going, and there's other times where they're opening up, and I'm following up on conversations, there's some people that have got some health things going on, and, and so there's lots of those really cool opportunities where I'm actually stopping, and I ask, they know I'm a chaplain, so I can say, hey, can I, can I pray for you, are you okay with that, and even though there may not be a faith, they, they usually say, yeah, that's okay, yeah, you can pray for me, and those are really cool opportunities, and um, the uh, one story, I've got a couple I could share, but we're going we're gonna to wrap up close, so I'm going to just share one story. Um, a year ago, um, I remember pulling up 
walking to the parking lot at the hospital. I was going to visit somebody. And I got this text from uh, an employee from one of the companies. And I knew that her mom was passing away, was dying, wasn't doing well. And I had offered, you know, to come visit or do whatever. And I um, hadn't heard anything. And all of a sudden, I got this text, hey, would you come and visit? And I said, actually, I'm just pulling into the parking lot. So I went up, and I did a quick visit. And I said I was going to come back the next day. And, um, and I did. And I remember driving back the next day. And I'm driving down 6th on the way to the hospital. And I remember praying as I'm going, okay, God, open a door. I don't know where um, this person is on their journey with you. Uh, I knew they weren't really in a church. And I wasn't sure there was much spiritual component there. But I, I just wanted the opportunity to share the gospel because I didn't know how long she had left. And as I got to the hospital, I went up to the room. And the husband of the woman handed me, as I walked in, we greeted him, he handed me this little book, and it was her confirmation book when she was like 13 years old. I thought, okay, there's the door. And I took the next several minutes, and I began to share the gospel with her. Um, she wasn't really communicating much anymore. She would squeeze my hand as I chatted with her and as I prayed with her. And I shared uh, with her what she would have gone through, or at least some of the stuff she would have gone through through that confirmation book, when she was 13, but I began to share the gospel with her and to pray with her, and I reminded her <coughs> of Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 that says it is by grace that you are saved, not by anything else, not by anything else that we will do. It's not about going through a confirmation book or going to church or not going to church or it's not anything that we can do. It is only by God's beautiful grace. And so I remember asking her questions like, do you understand that God loves you? Do you understand that Jesus died for you on the cross? Do you remember, do you understand these truths? And I prayed with her. And, and at the end of the day, I don't, it, God knows um, her heart and where she's at. And I remember turning around in my seat and looking behind me. And, and there was four, six other family members in the room as well listening to our conversation uh, as I shared this story and as we talked. And uh, a couple weeks later, I had the privilege of doing uh, the funeral. And again, uh, had the privilege of sharing the gospel uh, at that funeral as well. And um, this is just a little snapshot, a little window into the chaplaincy stuff. And, and what we are doing here at UDAC, whether it's our events and the activities that we're doing or the, the, the Food for Living project that's going on, um, whether it's our chaplaincy thing, stuff that's happening, God is at work in us and through us. And not just in me or in Pastor Aaron or as us leaders, but in you as well. And we hear lots of things rumbling on and what's going on in and around us here at the church. And we want to continue to fuel that and to raise the bar up high. And, uh, and praise God as we saw the testimony this morning um, the two testimonies, and we're going to hear another one in the second service. Maybe you guys all want to stay for the second service, um, and that would be okay. But God is at work, and uh, we want to celebrate that as a church. And again, next Sunday, simply Christmas. And as we close our service off this morning, um, I'm going to pray, and um, we're going to close. Uh, but don't be afraid to uh, sign up and say, yeah, I'm all in. I'm all in at this event next week. And whether it means I'm just coming to be a conversational mouthpiece with everyone I rub shoulders with 
I'm all here. Or I'm here and I'm going to pray through the whole thing. I'm going to just sit. I think we're going to use Pastor Scott's office as our prayer room. And I'm just going to sit in there and pray all night long. That would be awesome. Or I'm going to come and I'm going to help wash tables and, you know, put hot dogs on hot, hot dog sticks. Or I'm going to help with the kids' stuff. I think Justine might still need a few uh, of our uh, volunteers for kids' stuff. Whatever it is, plan to be here to help point people to Jesus this Christmas. Would you do that with us? We need a couple people to help monitor fire pits. So there's things to do for everyone. Would you come? Let's close our service this morning in prayer.